God, we thank you for the work that you're doing. We ask that you continue even as we're looking at your word together this morning, that you would continue to heal, redeem, restore, do the things you're really good at. In your name, amen. Uh, I, I do want to acknowledge it, it's, it's a little hot in here. We're, we're running the air, air and then it gets really loud, so it gets, we're trying to strike the balance. We're also trying to fix some of the sound stuff. We're going to have conversations about a little mini sound system in here in the coming months. So thanks for being patient as we're trying to resolve all this. Last week, Kat introduced you to our little friends here who, who've got some beautiful armor of God. And they had their belts of truth decorated. And today we get to decorate some more. If our... If our young ones want to come forward and get their art projects, you want to come on up? Anna, do you want to color this week? No, you want to close your eyes. Well, as we talk about the breastplate of righteousness, we're going to have the young church. Oh my goodness, this is work, Tearing apart this young man's life. Thank you. I need help. <laughs> They're going to decorate these and make them look awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about them and understand what they mean on our behalf. Thanks for giving us some art, guys. Awesome. You guys are great. You can go color them and we'll call you up, okay? Well, we're going to start by just again acknowledging Father's Day. And to you dads in the room, you who play the role of dad, uh, happy Father's Day. Um, but I'll be honest, it's, it's a little weird for me. I, I try to always squirm out of preaching on Father's Day. Usually we go on vacation and I go somewhere else. <laughs> it's nothing about you guys. There's just, it's just a weird day. Uh, there's weird pressure. Just like Mother's Day, um, I feel like it's like a report card day. But your report card is red on like, like the NFL draft is red and everybody watches and everybody knows. And it feels like a weird kind of pressure. I feel questions like, am I doing it right? And can I make up for what I didn't do right? The day that I miss my dad and the day that I miss my Grandpa, every year I make brats because that's what my dad liked, which kind of makes me sadder, but I still do it. I don't know what's wrong with me, (laughs) but it's just that kind of stuff happens. And I want to ask him a ton of questions and I want to know how to do this, like how you solve a math problem. And I want parenting to be like that, but it's not. And in fact, very little of life is that black and white, right? It's not as good and bad as I thought it was. And recently I learned something as a dad. Uh, my youngest son taught me. We were sitting in the car and, and I realized, uh, like, I really want to do right by these kids. I want to do right. I want to I put a lot of pressure on myself. I, I want to be what they need me to be and help them heal and help them navigate into a good life. But what I didn't realize until he told me in the car is that I've pushed that pressure onto them. I've taught that way of living. 
that you've got to do good, that you've got to uh, try hard, do good. And, and those are good things. But what was accidental was the shame that I felt I was passing on him. And he said, like, Dad, you're, you're never, like, mad. But I just don't want you to do that dad noise. That, like, ugh. And, like, oh, I know that dad noise. I had heard that, and I do that. And I'm making the noise out of my own disappointment in myself most often, but I'm teaching him a bit of shame. As if that's what I think of him. And so I had to apologize to him, but I think it fits really well with the part of the armor of God that we're looking at today. Because days like today are a great reminder that we're vulnerable. Right? Which is something that men in our culture do not want to be. Not that women want to be. But men definitely don't. We were taught, at least my dad's generation was taught, that you needed to be like the Lone Ranger and you needed to, like all the heroes were solo artists. And uh, you're never vulnerable. But as I've grown up, I feel like I am always vulnerable. I feel like navigating vulnerability is most of life. And if you're somebody who comes in here today and feels like you're supposed to be strong, I want to remind you of a verse we looked at a couple weeks ago. As we started this series, we looked at how Paul says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. So if you feel this need like I do to be strong for so many people, to be strong for your family, to be strong for your friends, for the people at your work, for your church, for everybody, you need to be strong, then I remind you that that feeling is exhausting, but the strength is not on your own shoulders. It's not your bicep you're flexing. It's the strength of the Lord. And so lean into that. And if you feel vulnerable, that's because I think we're supposed to. I think there's some good news here. The verse for today is Ephesians 6.14. It's the same one we looked at last week. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Kat did a great job explaining what the belt was and what truth is and walking us through just the difficulty of, of that idea. And then, then Paul goes on and says, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this righteousness is right standing with God. That's what we're talking about. A right standing in relationship. You know when you're in a, the right place with somebody and when you're not. Right. Like we don't need to overly explain that. You know, when you're in the wrong with somebody, and you've got to go make it up. And, and and you know how humbling and vulnerable that can feel. And so this word righteousness is that it's right standing with God. But then this idea of breastplate, we just don't have. one. I think of like a maybe a catcher's gear is the closest thing in baseball that I can think of on this. So I did a little looking before the first century. People who aren't rich anyway in this culture had, had people like me, the breastplate that they had was a little eight inch piece of leather that covered their heart. That's what they had. They went to war with like a wallet on their heart. And they called it a breastplate. That's crazy. So then they learned how to work iron and all that. We take all this for granted, right? But they learned how to work iron and they developed this thing that was like a plate and then it had little 
little, uh, little eyes, and they put hooks in it and another plate. Little eyes and hooks, so it could bend a little bit, and it was several pieces of iron. And first the wealthy got it, and then eventually all the soldiers got it. And by the time that Paul is writing, he's probably calling on like maybe guards at the prison or guards at the temple that everybody's used to seeing, and they're wearing a breastplate like that. That's just iron fastened to iron. It's something that if you said it, people would be like, yeah, I know what that looks like because I see it in my everyday life. Like maybe this isn't everyday, hopefully for us, but it, maybe it's more like a bulletproof vest that we see those sometimes. We, we can imagine what that looks like, right? So he's calling on a very common image to them of this iron vest. But here's the thing. It was 19 and a half pounds. You knew when you were wearing it. Like, you knew you had this thing on. And it moved. But that's, that's not light. Like, that's like COVID for some of us, right? Like, we gained 19 and a half pounds. We know what that's like, walking around in that. So back to this idea of righteousness. If righteousness is right standing with God, I really think that my attempts on my own are like wearing that little 8-inch wallet covering my heart. It's like trying to navigate life with that being my protection. And vulnerability is going to be terrifying because I'm vulnerable to anything, right? That's, that doesn't really protect. I'm vulnerable and I'm exposed and God knows that we're vulnerable. And God's not the one speaking these messages of shame. In fact, he, he doesn't leave us. He, he's right with us and he knows that this I mean, after all, he made us. So he knows that on our own attempts, we can't do this, so he doesn't leave it to our own attempts. In Romans 3, this is a longer passage, but I want to read this for you. We hear, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. Without doing everything right, he's shown us a way to be right with him. As promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right by God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true to everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of the, God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. So it, real quick unpacking of this. This is not about us keeping the law. It's not about us navigating the right steps and not getting hit in the spots because we just got this tiny little wallet that we're trying to protect. It's not even about us having faith the right way. And I think we need to hear that. It's not about you and I expressing our faith and having the right, it's not about you and I. Where our faith is, is actually in Jesus. And we know that, right? But, but I don't think we do. I think we even kind of somehow make that about us. No, it's not that you believe the right things about Jesus. What you're believing about Jesus is that his righteousness is yours. That what he did is enough. That who he is is enough. That if your beliefs are, are two degrees too far to the left or the right, you're okay. Not because you're okay, but because Jesus says you're okay. Because Jesus is okay. Because he's big enough. He's powerful enough. 
So if you did something stupid yesterday, or you, you had some doubt, or you believed something wrong, or you articulated some piece of theology, or you're questioning something of the Bible, or any of these things that feel like, oh no, now I'm vulnerable, and I'm exposed, and I'm sunk. No, it's not on your righteousness anyway. It's on what Jesus did. And so our faith is not just that we are good because we believe correctly. Our faith is, no, Jesus has us. He said so. So the fact that I feel vulnerable, it's okay, I'm safe. Not because of me, but because Jesus is really that good. It's not because I did anything correctly, even putting my faith in him correctly or being baptized correctly or any of these kind of things. No, it's not about that. It's not about my morality. It's not about my ethics. It's about Jesus and the fact that Jesus has done everything correctly. And Jesus says, come to me. And because Jesus said so, that's enough. Because Jesus said, my righteousness, I give to you. Then that's what we live in. And so we come with this tiny little wallet, right? This little eight inch leather thing. And we go turn that in and say, this is the best I have. And we get to take on this iron breastplate of righteousness, the one that a sword can't penetrate, a one that allows flexibility and movement, but security. And if you feel vulnerable beneath Christ's righteousness, then that's just something that gets to be true because you are, and I am. And then these, these, messages come at us different. Here's what I mean. Any of you guys ever tell yourself that you're not doing it right? Whatever it is. You ever tell yourself or hear from something that you're not enough? That your good days are past you? That you're not going to get it right? That you failed too much? That that you can't do this, right? We, we, I don't even know. Well, I do know where we hear it. But like we just kind of pick it up sometimes. These are narratives that we tell ourselves. We talked a little bit about this at Slow Invasion. They leave us feeling vulnerable. And if all we have is this tiny little wallet breastplate, they quickly lead to shame. And then we just spiral and we just live there. But if we hear, Matt, your righteousness isn't enough. But I am what Paul says, hidden in Christ. Then I'm reminded it was never meant to be enough. If I hear you can't do it on your own, I'm reminded I was never asked to do it on my own. From the beginning, I was to do it in Christ, in community, from Genesis 1 all the way through. The lie has always been go separate from each other, quit telling your story, quit feeling like you belong, and go do it on your own. That's the lie. But in his righteousness, I can come to you all and say, hey, Father's Day is not my favorite. And you don't pity me. But you see me. And we go forward. It doesn't have to be my favorite. I could be reminded of my kids and my earthly dad and my heavenly father and bring all that together for him. And if I feel weak, it's his strengthening me. And if I feel like I am not right, what's well, his righteousness anyway? That's what I'm leaning on. God's grace is makes you what makes you right with God because he said so.
Remember, we spent months last year, your daughters and sons of God, because he said so. And if he says so, then that's enough. And so we bring our tiny little eight inch wallet kind of breastplate of righteousness and we trade it out for God's, for Christ's righteousness, right? And then that 19 and a half pound righteousness we wear, it is not a straitjacket. Instead, it's like a weighted blanket. And sometimes when we're like stressed, sometimes when we're dealing with trauma, sometimes when we're dealing with pain, a weighted blanket is the very thing that helps you sleep at night. It's a medical thing sometimes. They say, hey, you need one of those. You need to feel some weight on you. Not pressure weight, not shame weight, but presence weight. And so we get to walk around with this weighted blanket of God's righteousness, aware constantly, not that we're not right, not that shame is correct, but aware that we are who God says that we are because he said so. And our faith is that he knows more than we do. Our faith is that what he's done is greater than what we have done. And we wear this together because this whole armor of God thing is a corporate thing. It's all all of us together. So that means a couple things that we need to begin practicing. We need to remind each other of our truest story. The truest story is that you are redeemed by Christ. That you're a daughter or a son, and because of that, you are a sister and a brother to everyone else here. And that means that we can hear one another's stories and then bring us back to what is truest. We need to be actively doing that. Together, we need to remind each other that our faith in Jesus is enough. That that is what's being asked for. And it's that our faith is that Jesus is enough. Not that our faith is enough. But that Jesus really is. And that we can trust that. Together we need to remind each other it's okay to feel vulnerable. In fact, it's kind of necessary to be seen. To be cared for. To heal. And then we need to together, since we're wearing this together, we need to be voices that remind each other that the strength that you're relying on is not your own. And honestly, that's hard for this room because there's some strong people. There's some survivors in this church. There's some fighters in this church. And the hard thing about that is that can make you feel like, well, I've got to do this on my own grit again. No, the good news of Jesus is you don't have to on your own grit. Praise God you didn't give up. But you don't have to do this on your own. This is on him. That we trust in him. That it's safe to feel tired when you're tired. It's even safe to like take a nap or rest or break or breathe. Because God's done a really good job of spinning this earth. Even when we've tried to pretend it was ours. So the good news of this breastplate of righteousness for me this week has been that like I can breathe and what I probably would have thought would have been weight and a straitjacket and restrictive is actually the very thing that brings me comfort that this is 
it isn't on my effort. It isn't on my rightness. It isn't on what I've done. It's on Christ's effort. It's on how Jesus has done enough. And I can rest in and place my faith in that, believing that I am who he says I am. And we are who he says we are. And in that, there's peace. In that, there's joy. And in that, there's hope. Hey, young ones, are you, are you ready to show us your artwork? Awesome. Kind of like that uh, that day in the car with my son where I got to kind of choose on at least how I go forward. These guys here and, the, and our kids in the, in the room and who are on Zoom and everything, they're, they're reminders that like, we get to choose what we're passing on. We get to choose which route, right? Thank you, guys. <laughs> And let's, let's choose together as a community to, to teach our young church that like who, who they are is good because their God is good. And where they feel lack and where they feel vulnerable and where they feel afraid or any of that, that's just space to go back to God and trust in who Jesus is again. You all know for, for years we've needed your help, especially with this young one, praying for her and holding her up. And, and as Miss Diana said, she's, she's one of our miracles, right? She doesn't belong to just Nikki and I because we don't just, we're doing this together probably more than we even realize. Well, let's keep pushing into that, okay, family? Let's, let's pray just before we receive communion here.